if there's one thing that I think all couples desire, it's to have a joy-filled marriage. Would you agree with that? Yes, I think. Yeah, and and that's the the entirety of our ministry, right? Is to kind of get couples to think outside of themselves, so they can have a deeper, longer-lasting, more steady joy by what by conforming their marriage and their lives to the Word of God. Mm, mm-hmm. And so this whole series is getting really deep hopefully (laughs) deep into this idea of joy, the biblical definition of joy as a fruit of the spirit. We talked last episode in how joy is a fruit of the spirit that is actually attached to some very tangible outworkings of emotions Mm -hmm. and a response to what God is doing and what he has done. In this episode, we're talking specifically how to enjoy one another, how to Mm -hmm. take joy in your spouse. And as you'll, as we'll discuss, there are three, I'll call them ingredients, uh, into a, <laughs> enjoying one another. And I hope it's helpful to you. And so thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. When you say ingredients, I'm like, ooh, we're going to make some joy joy cookies or something. (laughs) You wish. Cookies are on the mind, on the brain. Selena is the ingredient. Salty and sweet cookies. (laughs) That's one ingredient? No. I think I'm going to buy that domain, by the way. Somebody <laughs> somebody wrote in, they're like, man, you should have bought Selena's Special Sauce. Salty and sweet, oh, what a treat. Go to selenaspecialsauce.com. That's what it's called, right? I can't remember if that's exactly uh, what we called it. I think that's what it's called. Um, but yeah, so these three ingredients, and it's really interesting because you think, think about joy as an outworking of this reality that exists, that God is God and we are not God. We are creation. He is creator. Mm. And how is joy kind of this connecting point between creation and creator? And we as unique image bearers in all of God's creation, humanity has, has been created as image bearers of God. And in that we have a unique relationship with him. And joy oftentimes is in that relationship, right? If in the right standing of that relationship. And we'll talk about how that kind of works itself out as we go through this episode, but, and then taking that definition of joy and then kind of extrapolating from that, how we are to enjoy one another. I think it's a very interesting way to approach it. And, uh, hopefully, uh, through that, we'll all gain a little bit of understanding and how to enjoy one another more hmm. circumspectly. Sounds good marriage. to me. All right. Are you there with me? You good? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I've been talking a lot. I feel like, I feel like you're it's all right. You kind of took the lead on this one, so. Well, great. I will follow you. I will follow you blindly. <laughs> follow me blindly. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, in that case, um, before you hear the episode, then since I took the lead, go ahead and leave a rating and a review uh, in your podcast app of choice. Uh, if you want to partner with us and be on mission with us, if if we've helped you and you want to help us help others in their marriage, in their family, in their relationships, and planning for marriage, or just living out the day-to-day grind of marriage, you can partner with us in this ministry by going to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There's all kinds of goodies there for you, including books and silicone rings that have a lifetime warranty. Ding, ding, ding. That's a little, <laughs> little pitch. They're called fierce rings. We love them. I'm wearing one right now. Same. Um, Ensley's wearing, wearing, wearing the gray one. I got the stone, uh, the stone cut version. Anyway, 
have to go check those out. Um, but if you go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage, you can join in there and get all those goodies. Plus enrollment in gospel centered marriage, mm. which you, you don't have to be a patron, a patron to participate in that. You can just go to gospel centered We have a few different ways to join there, but basically it's our core marriage content so that you can finally get on the same page with your spouse and stay there mm. by doing then ongoing enrichment courses, which happen, uh, roughly once or twice a month, we drop new enrichment courses and those just stay there. They're at your own pace. You can do them in one or two sittings each and they just give you an excuse to connect around the gospel on at least a monthly basis. So check out gospelcenteredmarriage.com. We hope that blesses you. Um, so with this episode, um, this is one of those topics that I fear. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I fear that it is cliche. Oh, in okay. People's I was minds. like, why do you fear joy? No, I love talking about it because I feel like it's not something that people hit directly at yeah we had a conversation about this well you were having a hard time i mean i was having a hard time getting hooked onto this whole series of joy i'm i kind of i'm very one-sided i think I, one-dimensional is what you said i, I mean <laughs> you you were thinking in the moment thinking very one-dimensional you were very flustered and i was like i think i wasn't kind flustered of- i just it was hard for me to engage with the content and that's just being honest and transparent you know last week we talked about uh we kind of defined joy and we looked at it from kind of a 50,000 foot view. We walked through John 15 and talked about mm. how abiding in Christ produces uh, the joy that we so long for and that we were created for. And we even wrestled with the ideas of happiness and joy and how yeah. they are basically one and the same. The Bible does not differentiate between the two um, yeah. in a very like drastic measure. Um Joy is produced by the Holy Spirit. Uh, it is a fruit yeah. of the Spirit. And this week, like you said, we're we're figuring out how to take joy in your spouse because yeah. obviously there's a lot of marriages out there that are struggling with this idea of joy and how do I even have joy in my marriage when we are just roommates or we are just barely hanging on, you know, by a thread or we're just, I don't know, we, we have yeah. joy, but what is that? I mean, is that important? You know, kind of thing. I mean, we we had that conversation Mm -hmm. right before we recorded. Um, It's one of those things I feel like you take for granted until it's not there. And then exactly. And then you're like, Whoa, something is miserable now about this. (laughs) It's the same thing. Same thing with peace. When you have peace all is well. And then when it's not there, it's like your whole world is upended. Right. And joy feels the same way. Um, and so, yeah, and, and so a lot of couples will come to us or you're listening to this and you've, you've known those times. You might be in one of those times where you just, you're joy, there's no joy to be found. Well, and you're trusting and you're staying in your covenant. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trusting the Lord, which is a huge piece to it. And that's one of the ingredients. In fact, it's trust. But you're wondering, how do I get back to, I want to just be friends. I want to enjoy the friendship that I had right. at one point with my husband or wife. Well, and I don't want to confuse joy with like a high, an emotional high, um, because I do think that joy can produce that, but we're not called to live on the emotional mountaintops of our relationship. And this is right? funny. What? Well, I just, I, I, I just, I disagree. <laughs> okay. I, because, and that's I based on our is, last episode. It probably is. I still am just caught in this, like joy is so much deeper. Um, and happiness is supposed to be the same as joy. And I, I don't always agree with that, but I think it's, the case is made and I just need to bring myself over to that side of thinking. But I, I, I do think that there are emotional highs in our marriage or, or there's 
certain points like celebrating anniversaries. We can't live on that mountaintop. See, I don't, I don't equate that with joy and maybe that's where we just need to talk through it because I feel like there's, there's bigger joys and smaller joys. There's but layer. We did talk about joy, layers of joy, yeah. But joy is definitely uh, something you feel, and, right? Okay. I mean, if and, and I, I would I suppose that. that if you, uh, if you haven't felt joy in a long time, then any joy is going to be a mountaintop. <laughs> sure. You know? And so I, I would say, as believers, we have as our as our birthright, as our gift from the Holy Spirit, as one of the gifts and one of the ways of walking with the Spirit, or one of the indicators of walking with the Spirit, is of the gift of joy. Right. And I think that's the key there because. I guess what I'm explaining or what I'm grappling with is that in order to have joy, you have to be in this place of bliss, like conflict free. Everything's great. Nobody's stressing out. Like it's just this unrealistic uh, moment that I think we do tend to strive for in the name of wanting health or joy, right? Or Mm -hmm. peace. And it's like, no, God has called us and given us those in the midst of whatever we're going through. And so for me, that's the key of, that's the power of God at work in us, that we can have those things in the midst of circumstances that are less than ideal. So, and that's why we take joy in our salvation. Yes. I I mean, I think of the the verse from Habakkuk, uh, what? Habakkuk? um, Habakkuk. Um, (laughs) Shoot, I just, I just missed it. Where did it go? Oh, it is, um, yeah, Habakkuk 3.18. Um, and it's just, I love it. It says, though the fig tree should not blossom or fruit be on the vine, on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Mm. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He makes me tread on my high places. Uh, and so this, that now that's where the deep well of joy springs mm. forth for the believer. It's not in your circumstance, but it is an emotional reaction to the reality that my salvation is from the Lord so good. and it's unshakable. Right. And so if you don't feel joy and happiness in that, then that's just what we talked about last episode is I'd say that's not joy. It's okay to not have joy. You just have something else. You have, you have peace or you still have you clinging to hope. But joy to me is, is, is when that, is when that wellspring fountains up and comes and it's visible now and it's spouting above the, you know. Well, and as believers, we don't necessarily have a reason to not ever have joy. Like God has saved us. Well, the the flesh would keep us us from that. Right. It's, there's always going to be a a battle for our joy. But that's why Jesus said, taste, come, taste and see that the Lord is good because he knows that when we actually do taste and see, the reaction is going to be a joy filled -filled response. But he's saying, though the fig tree should not blossom. So even though our circumstances are dire, food is not being produced. We have no cattle. We have nothing to like count in this world. The stalls are empty, yet I will rejoice. So there's a, there's almost this command. It feels like to his flesh, right? There's this command of, I will, t- I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. He is my strength. Mm-hmm. He is the one who makes me my feet like a deer, right? And so the source, which is what we talked about, I think, last week also, is the source of our joy is important. So it's the taking of the joy that's there, that's available to us, yeah. and that's the beholding of the person and work of Christ 
the Christ crucified mm-hmm. and risen again mm-hmm. uh, unto our salvation, unto our resurrection, uh, into into new life as believers. Right. So we have to take that joy, and it's it's reminding. This is why the psalmist would say, uh, "Why are you cast down, O my soul? Like remember who God is. Remember who, who uh, the promises of God. Right. Right. And that's goes back to uh, even." what was credited as righteousness in the old Testament, you know, cause before the law had been handed down and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob before the Egyptian, um, Exodus and Exodus out of Egypt before all that, there wasn't a law. So how did the people of God, uh, how did they find salvation? Hmm. Well, it says Abraham believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. He had faith, right? And so there's this sense of trust that is, that is, paramount and it is foundational and faith for a believer the faith is foundational excuse me for a believer and i think from there that trusting in god then it wells up from us remembering who god is remember the promises he made that he is a promise keeper mm-hmm. now we can take joy because our hope isn't in vain and so i think there's definitely we're kind of beating kicking a dead horse here because i feel i just want to be very clear that i feel like joy is a very visceral response to to the hope placing our hope consistently mm-hmm. in in god um, and so I, I, I want to back out of that kind of a theological or that ideological conversation and now just actually look at what does it, a joy-filled marriage actually look like? What is a joy-filled or marriage? Or what would you, how would you listener define a joy-filled marriage? And so we're asking ourselves that. I asked Ryan Selena. And Selena. Yeah. I what said, is- Selena, what do you, what <laughs> it was in our, in our study time before this. <laughs> is that what we call it? We don't call it that. It's the first time I've ever called prep. it that. Our prep time. I said, Selena, what's a joy-filled marriage? And you just looked at me because you were still in that in the funk and you said, ours. <laughs> I said, well, okay. I'm glad that you said that. Thank you. Why? Why is it joy-filled? So why don't you... What, I said because it was safe. I felt safe. We laughed together. You're my friend. I want to spend time with you. I want to do things with you. Um, I... I, there's trust, right? We were talking about how there's this, just the safe, I think trust that creates this emotional safety. Um, Hmm. there's a lot of, I think there's maturity. There's also immaturity. (laughs) Um, but I can laugh with you and I can pray with you. We can worship God together. We can, we are on the same page about 99.9% of things. I, yeah, that's what Hmm. brings me joy is that you are leading our family in the things of God and you are teaching, we are discipling. Um, yeah. So, um, would you say that it's because you feel, you feel loved and you feel a, a sense of like closeness and that's yeah. that the way that that kind of manifests itself in our relationship is through laughter and connection and sure. feeling safe and feeling like you can trust me and, and that right. I trust you. Right, and there's a healthy perspective of, uh, like, identity and roles, I guess. Like, I'm not, I think, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the conversation, but, uh, you know, our, I look to you and I honor you and I want to help you and please you, right, and and be Hmm. that wife, but it can so, our flesh can twist that into an idolatry an idolizing of yeah i only want your approval i need your approval otherwise i'm not okay um we gotta mm. you know fix everything and all that but we we're not quite there yet so. so oh wow okay so i'm just as you're talking this is hitting me 
is it possible then to have joy without some underlying kind of foundational other things in place and other truths in place? So for Mm. instance, uh, could we have a joy-filled marriage if we didn't have a peace-filled marriage? Or can we have joy with God if we don't have peace with God? Mm. Right? Can we have peace with God? Well, those are big questions because I think that there's moments that we can share of joy, you know, by God's grace through our children or, you know, enjoying something together. And if, even if there's a lack of peace in some other area of our relationship, because I think you and I still kind of laugh at things, even when we're mad at each other. Sometimes it's how we stop being mad at each other. (laughs) Most of the time. (laughs) Most of the time. Sometimes I'm not ready to be done being mad and you try to laugh. And I'm like, timing is terrible. I've taken a little detour here. When we were, we even have one of our toughest fights and I'll say in the past five years, uh, it was because I I hadn't felt very respected by you and I was cooking, I was making dinner. And Selena's like, what's the deal? And I looked at you and said, I just don't get no respect. And it sounded like Completely. Michael Scott doing his Rodney Dangerfield impression. And that okay, immediately no just shattered. It so. shattered the, the anger. And we both just started laughing. And I was yes. so mad. But I had to laugh because it was ridiculous. Laughter is powerful. It is powerful. Joy it disarms. Is powerful. It disarms. Yes. So I think it's really helpful now, now to, we've talked a little bit about what, what a joy-filled marriage might look like, but... I want to emphasize here um, for you listener, and please hear this, joy is a function of relationship. And here's what I mean by that. It's that whole peace thing, all right? So peace and hope and joy mm-hmm. in our relationship to and with another person. We'll come back to that, but that's hey, kind of cr- create those little coat hangers there or whatever where you hang the... <laughs> little pegs? Re- yeah, pegs. Relationship to, okay? So in my relationship with now we're talking about marriage, so it's going to be to your spouse, your relationship to your spouse, and relationship with your spouse. Uh, that becomes a uh, a factor in the function of joy being a part of a relationship. And then enjoying as a definition of something is to be desirously affectionate mm-hmm. of another. So, and that's what you said is like we we want to be together, uh, ideally in your marriage. And you know, the more we talk to couples, the more we can't take this for granted is that couples. Struggle to want don't to want to be around each other, yeah, and, it, and then they want to hang out with us, and I'm like, go away, because I want to hang out with my husband. <laughs> well, I was having a, a talk with our some of the elders at our church this morning, and uh, they were like, we should do this guys thing, and we have we haven't told you about this, so I'm sorry. Here we go. <laughs> this guys retreat to to kind of instruct the men in our church on how to have a relationship with God, and then a relationship with our wives that is God honoring, relationship with our children that's God honoring, and it's going to take a number of days to do that. <laughs> and and uh, and one of it the can guys, take one night and two days. <laughs> uh, well, that, the proposed duration guys, is four days. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's real time, folks. Uh, four days. Okay. Because of the drive involved is mainly why. So just put that somewhere else. Don't we're not going to argue about that right now. Hold on. The point that I made and what he, one of the guys got, a, he's like, I'm. A, I got approval from the wife, and I said, I'm going to need to talk to Selena on this one because I was like, it's not that we can't make time. It's just that we like being together, and we don't want to be got away from each in other. That moment, wow, it's pretty fast. Yeah, and so um, I was like, <laughs> I was like, the the, the, the issue is I want to be with my family. I want to be with my wife. It's not that I don't want to be with you guys. It's just that I want her more. I want to be around her more. And That's around nice. My kids but more. also it's a, it can be burdensome so for gonna, our families. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to, we'll figure out the details of that later. But the point is, is that being affectionately desirous towards your spouse is not uh, something as common as you'd think. If you have a lot of spouses that they just, they've, because they have undealt with problems, issues, problems with trust, 
which we talked about trust at length uh, in past episodes. What was it? Ep- episodes 216, 212 to 216. So if you want to learn about trust and betrayal and all that kind of stuff, go back to 212 and start there. Um, but there's sometimes there's this low kind of low grade tension that just kills all joy. And so they actually don't want to be together. Yeah. And I think it's hard to like you can laugh and connect, but then it's like, oh no, wait, we're still fighting. Like you just pick it back up, right? It's like, oh, I'm putting down this offense. I'm putting it down. No, I'm not ready. Like this is not, he was wrong. All these things. Yep. I'm right. Like (laughs) I think it's such a slippery slope to. Yeah. And so I I, want to start this, this conversation of looking at uh, joy as a function of relationship by looking first at our relationship to God and our relationship with God. So those are the two pegs that I said that we talked about earlier is the relationship to and relationship with another. Mm-hmm. And so, and this is where this came from. Uh, and, and again, speaking with one of some of our elders at our church, uh, one of the things that we talked about is, and it came up, he, he said, uh, is Cliff, one of the guys that was talking, he said, um, it occurred to him that God is, wants our hearts more than he wants our minds. Because specifically in like reformed or more like liturgical or more um, theologically minded churches, we tend to uh, we tend to love the Lord God with all our minds mm. and not with our hearts necessarily. Like we can we like knowing a lot. Yes, we enjoy the knowledge um, like, of God and the things of God. How quickly that leads to self righteousness, <laughs> at least for me. Yeah, well, um, and imagine that in a marriage. Like, I just want to know all about Selena, but I don't actually want to know her. I don't actually want to like spend time with her. I just want to know about her. Yeah. And how 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 much would that? How much would you feel loved by me if I just could r- rattle off all your favorite things? I could rattle off, you know, all these facts about you, uh, and then well, when it comes time to actually spend time together, I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> how would you feel loved? No, I think I would like you to know all those things sometimes. <laughs> that's, I'm like, well, that sounds kind of nice. <laughs> I do know all those things. Oh, okay. Why do you think I got pepperoncinis on your Subway sandwich? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Without being asked. <laughs> Without being asked. Because uh, no, I, don't, I don't like those. It's very much a, yeah, no, it's very much a, like a cutoff. It's an early cutoff of, oh, it, it's it's misleading because I want to, I want you to know those things. But then if you're like, no, nah, I don't really want to hang out with you, though, it's just like, oh, but I thought you cared about me. Well, I know about you, but I don't actually care. about. And you. that's it. That's the affection piece. Yeah. Like, I don't actually want to be with you. I just want to know about you. Right. I don't actually want. It's like God's like, I don't care how much, you know, I want your heart because the actions are attached to the affections Yeah. because it knowledge very rarely leads to any sort of heart transformation or heart. Um, I, I want to say that. Knowledge very, very, very rarely leads to um, actions of affections unless the affection is actually there. Does that make sense? I don't know if I articulated that well. So I'll just use this, this example. <laughs> so, uh, and this, this was such a relief to me. I was um, listening to a podcast uh, last week, and one of the things that came up was this idea of agency and uh, responsibility before the Lord, right? And that could depend on a number of things like maturity level, your age levels of usually a function of mature or maturity is usually a function of age. So can a young kid, like at what point are children responsible before the Holy God for their, for their actions and therefore culpable and capable of being sent to hell or, or, you know, allowed 
into heaven, right? And that's, you're giving me a funny look, but of course their, their salvation depends on Christ alone and, and so on and so forth. So, we ha- so this was talking about that kind of age of accountability and that di- di- devolved into just accountability, not just age of accountability, but accountability itself and responsibility. And then, then the conversation came up, what if someone's mentally handicapped and they don't have, you know, the mental capacities of somebody who's not mentally handicapped? Can they respond to the gospel? And then one of the people talking, and this got to me, and I'm not going to actually address that issue here, so I'm sorry. But one of the things that they came up, came around to was, we are all mentally incapable in a lot of ways, especially when standing next to the eternal God of the universe, the creator of the universe. Uh, standing next to, I think even just trying not to even perceive. Next to, but in light of what who he's he given yeah, us yeah. of himself. <laughs> like, yeah, our shortcomings are, in, are they're insurmountable. There's no way we can overcome. Like we can't just learn enough, 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 enough to finally understand all there is to understand about God. He's, his depths are unfathomable. His and ways, so to yeah. him, we are all like, we're all just inadequate when it comes to our mental capacities to know and understand and grasp God. And so he wants our hearts. Yeah. Because what, what, what does that mean? How do we give God our hearts? I guess I'm asking you, I'm asking rhetorically, but I'm also asking you just to kind of shoot from the hip here. How would you say, Selena, we give God our hearts? Um, it's a, I think it's just a, a constant surrender. Uh, I mean, our affections have to be involved. Catch me off guard here, but... sorry. I mean, giving God our hearts is is giving Him all, ourselves, our desires, mm. submitting everything to Him. Uh, no matter like how we feel, I don't know. So that's the and that's I really feel like we're getting down to like what what does it take to build a joy filled relationship? And that comes from looking at again the two and the with components of that relationship. My relationship to God, and that's the trust piece. God is God, I am not. So my relationship to him, he is creator, I am created. So even the not, so I'm just trying to put all this together. The knowledge of him, is that what you're talking about? Like even though we know about him, unless we have relationship with him, our knowledge is never going to bring about um, transformation? Well, then... Yes, I would say that. And the reason I got to this place is I'm like, okay, does God, remember Cliff said this, does God wants our hearts more than he wants our minds? I think he wants both, both things, by the way. <laughs> For sure. But, but, you know, because we have to be renewed, you know, saying, what's the Romans 12 verse, uh, saying, um, uh, what is uh, it? <laughs> Transformed by the renewing of our minds. There it is. So there's a sense that he wants our mind, but the thought was, if we just give him our minds and we don't give him our hearts, then we're falling short of what it means sure. to have a relationship that is trusting and affectionate, desirously affectionate of him. Can we worship God with our minds? Yes. Uh, but Abraham trusted, he had faith and it was credited to him as righteousness. He mm-hmm. trusted God, that God, my relationship to God is that he is a promise making, promise keeping God. I need him to keep the promise. I'm going to trust that he will keep the promise. Mm-hmm. And so that's one piece to it. But and then there's uh, actually wanting God himself. Mm-hmm. So there's trust in that God will do what he says he's going to do. That's the relationship to him. Mm-hmm. And he's created. He's a creator. I'm a created being. Uh, but my relationship with him now is, God, I want you. I don't just want what you can give me. or I don't, I don't just want the promises you have for me, but I want you. I want to, I want to be with you. I want to glorify you. I want to uh, hmm. be found, you know, 
Right, which around. is interesting because I, when I think that I want God, I think qu- quickly what follows after that sentence is, I want to know you. And so, but what does that mean? What do I mean by knowing? I want to, I mean, the Bible describes sexual intimacy as like he knew her, right? In the mm-hmm. Old Testament or, and, and so knowing, I'm not saying that, I'm just saying there's an intimacy aspect of that relationship of knowing not just a knowledge not just a mind cerebral like understanding but there's a there yeah there's just a relational aspect that wants to i want to know god if i want god i want to know him Hmm. um and experience him and i want to and that requires being present with him so i'm just trying to put a little more meat on those bones because yeah i appreciate it wanting god is so ambiguous to me like (laughs) Does that make sense? Like, I want God. I want the things of God. I want Him. But at the same time, I don't know what exactly am I wanting. So I want to know what I'm wanting. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. I mean, you have to want the true version of God, right? There's all kinds of false religions and cults right. even that have a, a different version of Christ. Right. That is not a saving version of Christ and is not God Himself, but it's a different version of Him. And that's why we have to be so focused on what scripture says about Jesus. Anyway, that's a bit of a sidebar. The point is, is you kind of see these, these ingredients crop up as there's trust. Again, what are the ingredients to enjoying another being? Okay. So trust, enjoying God. I trust that he is God. I'm not, I'm going to trust that he is good. I'm going to trust that he is worth my affections. And not only that, because of he has proven trustworthy, I want him. And so I, I want to know him. I want to know of him. I want to know him personally. And then there's the, uh, the the third piece of a position, the the joy that comes from being positionally secure with him. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So trust, uh, affection, and security. So now let's actually, I w- I'd like to take that same kind of framework and think through our relationship to and with each other in marriage again. So what does it take to truly enjoy one another? Uh, these three ingredients. Okay. So affection, mm-hmm. trust, and relationship. Now, relationship is not I don't mean that word in the way that you usually would hear that word relationship, not just in the terms of like, we have a relationship, but now it's instead my relationship to you. Right. And and what I mean by that is the position that I hold in your life, the position that you hold in my life as a wife or as a husband. Yeah. So I'm thinking more like what's the relationship between these two variables, right. not just the variables have a relationship. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Um, so, so what do we, what do we mean by affection? Um, that's the very first piece to, to, uh, enjoying one another. And I think it's very intuitive, but just to be clear, it's a wanting, a desire, a longing for a fondness for the other person. I actually like the person. Right. Like, well, and it plays out in different ways. We thought, cause I was like emotionally, yes, like, you know, there's this affection, but there's also physical affection that flows out of that emotional affection and fondness and liking each other. And so, the friendship kind of moves to that next level, right? Of, of affection. And yeah. so wanting to be, like you said, wanting to be around each other. And those are all just, like you said, ingredients for enjoying one another. So we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but how could this uh, go awry, right? How could we, this longing to be with someone, hmm. liking them, uh, I think, and wanting to be around them, the flip side or the flesh or the broken side of this, the sinful side of this could, um, land in idolatry. What I mean is idolizing our spouse, um, wanting their approval in order for 
you know, my own self to mm. operate, yeah. <laughs> uh, needing their, uh, affection, uh, in an unhealthy way of, I can't, you know, always being always worried that maybe, and, and this could be, I'm not saying this, this is not the case of where trust has been broken, uh, again and again. I'm just saying that in your day to day, you're constantly, um, having anxiety about whether or mm. not your spouse approves of you or, um, you're, you're just fixated on, you know, meeting their needs, pleasing them, fixing everything just to make sure, you know, things are good. You can just basically kind of become a doormat in a lot of ways. And, hmm. uh, it, it, I think it's a slow transition and we just have to be yeah. aware of, okay, when the affection's not there, right. And maybe we're not enjoying each other. Can we still have joy or how do we get back to that healthy place of friendship, um, and desire and fondness for each other? Yeah. Uh, the way I like to think about if something's going kind of sideways is if, if at any point my identity is at stake, if I don't get that thing, that's an idol. It's an idol. If my if my security is mm-hmm. at stake, if my husband or my wife doesn't love me the way that I need to be loved, then my life is ruined. Or my life, everything in my life right. goes off the rails. It's right. a good uh, example. And so, again, this is all kind of un, un, this is all. I guess assuming there's an underlying security that comes from Christ alone. And that's why we talked about that last week is that the very root of our Christian joy is an un, is unfi- is excuse me, it's in a fixed person mm-hmm. and a and a finished work. Yes. That's Jesus Christ on the cross and rose again for us. So um yeah, so with that said, like it's still right and good and true to want mm. to to want to want your spouse and to desire for them to want you back. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what, what the affection is, is that you actually want to be together. You can give each other a hug without shuddering <laughs> <laughs> or a kiss without gagging. <laughs> like, and I'm laughing. Uh, obviously, brush your teeth in the morning, that sort of thing. and That'll help. Um, but so affection is a big piece. Um, let's move on to the second ingredient here um, to building a joy-filled marriage, and that's trust. So this one's a little bit tough to nail down. Um, but here's what I mean by that. It's a reliance on the relational integrity, okay? And what, and I mean relational in that same sense that I used earlier, um, or an interdependence on one another in healthy ways. In other words, I trust you to be um, to be faithful to me. Right. You rely. I rely on you to do what you say. What do what you're going to say and say what you're going to do. Like I don't question. I don't have to question everything that you're doing. I don't have to question where you're at. I have this we've built this level of trust that doesn't require a lot of question asking. It doesn't require a lot of interrogation um, because we've built the trust and God has allowed us and grown us in these areas. Yeah. And it's vulnerability is another way to say it. And Mm -hmm. I think you made that note that vulnerability is the sense that if you decide to hurt me, you can. Mm -hmm. Right. But because I trust you, that's now freed me to enjoy you and to be enjoyed by you mm-hmm. in a much deeper, richer way. Now, I try to imagine having a joy-filled marriage where there's no trust. Right. Uh, you just you can't. It's hard. Have it. Yeah. I'll never. I'll never believe you. Your motives are pure, I'll, or I'll never believe that I can give myself to you without being hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's emotionally, physically, spiritually, in all these different ways, and being vulnerable to you. So we have to be able to be trustworthy. And um, to give our trust over to the other person, mm-hmm. right? And so, again, we, we talked about this at length, episodes 212 to 216, I think about 
two, three months back. Mm -hmm. We did a whole series on it. So go back. If you haven't heard those episodes, we talk all about trust and betrayal, the nature of trust and that cruciform trust and what that Mm -hmm. looks like. So go back and check that out. Uh, The final ingredient um, to enjoying one another in marriage is this uh, relationship. And that's, again, affection, trust, number two, and relationship. And again, the sense in which we're using that word is not that we have a relationship, but instead my relationship to you. Right. Okay. So when you think about my relationship to God is that he is God. He's creator. I am not. I am the created. I'm creation. He is completely on another plane. Right. And so I have to have a good, a good, accurate understanding of that view if I'm going to enjoy God as God. Right. Otherwise, it's not God. It's something else. So the same thing happens for in, in marriage when I understand our relationship my relationship to you and your relationship to me. In other words, you are my one and only wife, only you. Mm -hmm. There's billions of other people on the planet and billions of other women on the planet. And you, and only you are the, are the wife that holds this position, that holds this position. Therefore I can enjoy you in ways that are not accessible to any, anyone else Mm -hmm. or not accessible to me through anyone else. So I am now going to elevate you in a healthy way to a place of position a relationship to me to the place of position i think that god has purposed yes. and ordained yes through the covenant of marriage his design yeah and so another way to look at this is positional accuracy and that's like sounds like a really boring term but like it accurately seeing you as my wife in other words you are the one that i'm going to find physical satisfaction in emotional safety in right well it's kind of that bar i think it's just the bar of like okay you are my husband Anything above that becomes idolatry. Anything below that is exactly. Oh, there's, there's. It's an, an inaccurate. It's a dehumanizing, right? Of, of. I think that's where you get into just, the mistrusting area. Because if right. I'm not allowing you to be the one and only wife in my life, right? Then, wife of my life. And I'm instead seeing you as a roommate, or right. seeing you and as you just start finding a good inti- friend. You've, the intimacy is found elsewhere, right? Because you're not elevated. At, at, you're not elevating your spouse or you as a spouse are not elevated to that point of uh, husband or wife and mm-hmm. the way God has ordained. So it's, it's almost that, uh, what would you call that line? <laughs> I feel like there's a term for threshold? it. Yeah, maybe a threshold would be a okay. good one. So hopefully that makes sense. But see, by, by seeing the other person, your husband, or your wife, right. in this very exclusive position, this relationship to you, yeah. that then frees you up to then enjoy them in ways that are, are unique to marriage because right. it's easy to, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's enjoy, the joy-filled marriage is going to be very different from a joy-filled friendship. Yeah. I think it lacks, the friendship would lack the depth that the marriage can, the covenant can yes. hold. All, all, uh, all things considered and everything yeah. else equal. Sure. I think, yeah, there is a deeper level of enjoyment to be had. And you could make the case that it's a different type of enjoyment too because friendship is yeah. also a very a very rich gift that God's given us to have to share friendships with others. Mm-hmm. So just a quick recap. Uh, again, if you find yourself, you're in a marriage and you, you're in your marriage and you're think you're thinking <laughs> to yourself, where's the joy? Right. I'm proposing to you these three ingredients to, to cultivating a more joy filled marriage, affection, trust, and relationships. So now we ask the question of what do we do if we don't have joy? Well, I would say mm-hmm. go back to those three areas and start doing an inventory and look and say, are we affectionate toward one another? Genuinely affectionate. In other words, at one point you were. Mm-hmm. In, in most Western marriages and when, most modern yeah. marriages. When did it stop? You're there. Yeah. You, you got married because you wanted to, in most cases. What happened? Mm. At, at what point did you stop 
nurturing that affection or what broke that affection and how can you start rebuilding? And a lot of times the trust is kind of the second piece. If you don't know that you can always ask the Lord and God, Holy Spirit, help me to know, uh, my my own shortcomings, uh, keep my heart soft, Hmm. reveal those things that are sinful to me. Like the Lord, it says in, is it Proverbs or Psalms? uh, I search the heart. I know the depth. No, I was reading Jeremiah. Take that back. Uh, (laughs) Like he searches our hearts, right? He knows every ounce of mm. us. And so yeah. us requesting to know uh, that brokenness or that lack, I think is a, a good sign. And it shows, again, that we can identify who is God and who we are, that we are not. Yeah. Yeah. So begin. He re- is God and we are not. Re- begin rebuilding the affection for one another um, and just going back to that foundation. the foundation, asking God for God to help in yeah. that. Don't try to do it without the Holy Spirit's help and um, stirring your affections for one another. Uh, rebuilding trust. If there's trust has been lost, how can you go about to re- rebuilding trust and being vulnerable once again yeah. with one another? Um, again, go back to those episodes we mentioned, 212 to 216, to learn at length about mm-hmm. trust and betrayal and, and recovering from big sense. So betrayal is not just infidelity, by the way, and that's something we talked about. It's not just... Which is not just, not just, just. Yeah, we're saying that there are other senses of betrayal within marriage where, you know, maybe I communicated in a way, I communicated something to you vulnerably and you stomped all over my feelings. (laughs) You betrayed me in in a sense. Yes. Uh, And so there's a ways to recover and start to rebuild in those instances as well. And then finally, how do you uh, have a right context for your roles in each other's lives? In other words, your relationship to one another. Yeah. Am I How treating you, you with respect as my husband or am I treating coworkers with more respect than I am you? Yeah. Or am I, yeah. Or am I being very quick to dismiss my wife's needs because I have other more needy friends and I'm not prioritizing her because I've lost sight of the fact that she is my wife, right. my only wife. <laughs> and I need to treat her with, you know, everything that God told us to treat our wives with. So I would just say do an inventory in those three areas. And then start. you'll start to find kind of ways that you can begin to um, rebuild in the name of creating a place that is actually joy-filled uh, and actually um, is conducive, I'll say, mm-hmm. to having joy occupy your marriage. Mm-hmm. Will that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, do you still want to share that quote or do you want to skip it? Um, I don't know if the context was. Um, I... I think, I mean, we were talking about, we're talking about trials. Like if you don't, if you're going through a trial, it's most... It's pretty sure you're not feeling joy in your marriage, right? If you're if you're going through that, and this is what we're talking about in this part of the conversation. If we don't feel joy, what can we do? And I think um, I was reading a I'm reading a book. Uh, it's a small one, Christ Centered Conflict Resolution: A Guide for Turbulent Times by Tony Merida. Um, really great book. So the quote is: "The Spirit also produces joy. Uh, believers can have joy even in the midst of trials because the Spirit has given them new affections." The spirit produces a life of satisfying joy while the flesh only leads to dissatisfaction. Hmm. So if we, if we are not feeling joy, I think one of the questions we can ask ourselves is, are we relying on our flesh, uh, to produce joy? Are we relying on our own means, uh, for producing joy in our life? Is that, and is that okay? I mean, there are, I think some instances where we can, um, be the producers of our own joy, right? Taking a vacation, that's a way that we can experience some joy. But if, in terms of our marriage, if we're not feeling joy, uh, are we trying to look to ourselves to fix 
what's wrong? Are we looking to our spouse to fix what's wrong instead of relying on the spirit? And what would that look like? So I think asking that question is important. And you had asked the question, um, and that quote elucidates it is because we're walking in the flesh in some way in our marriage and we're not, um, yes, we're not trusting the spirit, but specifically walking in uh, the word is wickedness in walking away that is in rebellion to God. Mm -hmm. I'm not, uh, I'm not submitting to God and how I'm loving my spouse. There's no neutral. It's either you are or you're not. Yeah. And so that's a really interesting quote. So, um, think in those terms, am I walking in the flesh? Husband, if you're not, if your communication life with your wife is suffering, are you walking in the flesh in in a way that you're not being patient with her or loving toward her or compassionate or kind to your wife? (laughs) Um, And the same can go for a wife talking to her husband. Maybe she is dis, you know, disregarding and disrespecting him in a way that is dishonoring to God. Mm. Um, And so, and that is sapping the joy out of your marriage because you don't actually have that connection. You've lost sight of your relationship to one another and you've, you've been vulnerable and you've damaged one another in the process. So again, affection, trust, relationship to one another, uh, get those three ingredients in place, pray for the Holy Spirit to help you with that. And, uh, and then take steps together, have that conversation so that you can acknowledge that maybe your joy is lacking and now how to, and then acknowledge the ways forward to, um, to find health in that area. I think that's it for this week. Okay. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for, um, our joy right now that our joy would be found, um, in you, God, and not, uh, and, and even, even exclusively in each other in, in our marriages or in others, uh, in other circumstances, but solely in you, Lord, from that deep well of joy knowing that our salvation is secure, that you are a promise making promise keeping God, that, that from there we would have a sense of security in order to, uh, pursue joy in our marriages in healthy ways that would honor you. Lord, I pray for the husband who's struggling to find joy, that you would uh, be his hope and his peace in his marriage uh, and in his life so that that joy can eventually come and that he would trust you until joy arrives. Uh, And Lord, I pray for the wife who's also struggling to find joy, that you would be her hope and her peace uh, as she um, works out what it means to to create and cultivate a joy-filled marriage, Lord. In all these things, um, we pray that you would help us, Holy Spirit, in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, thanks for joining us for the podcast. Once again, uh, I, I, I want to say one more, uh, I think, pitch for Gospel Centered Marriage. If you haven't checked it out, go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. I'm so encouraged by the community that's kind of unfolding there. Uh, some of the Zoom calls, we have another Zoom call scheduled um, for this month. I can't wait to connect uh, with our enrollees once again. It's awesome meeting some of you and seeing you face-to-face online. <laughs> Not face-to-face in person. <laughs> one day we'll get to do that. Um but uh, if you want to check that out, go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. There's uh, a bunch of options there and a bunch of courses available to you, and we hope that it blesses you. So, uh, yeah, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... We can. And we will see you in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.